Welcome to the Industry Show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj. And joining me today is my good friend, Ravi Patel. Ravi, welcome on the show. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Pleasure is all ours. Let's start with who is Ravi? Hi, who is Ravi, man? You know, I got I to gotta dig a lot deeper and I'm, I'm going to tell you there's nothing on the surface, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to that, you know. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll break it down professionally and personally, you know, I guess um, uh, might be the only way that, that I see it. Um, but professionally, you know, I, you know, I see myself um, and, and that could differ from someone else looking at me, um, you know, as a, as a risk taker, uh, opportunistic uh, to a fault and a value seeker uh, and a value adder in everything that I get involved with. Um, you know, for people who don't know, I'm, I'm involved in, um, you know, a lot of different ventures um, in different industries from, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals to, um, you know, e-commerce, supply chain logistics, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, dabbled into real estate as well and, uh, you know, health and wellness type of um, businesses. So again, anything, uh, you know, that is opportunistic has immense uh, value, value built uh, in as well, you know, is, is, is what I would, you know, I, I'd go for and then uh, personally, uh, you know, I'm a husband to a lovely, beautiful, and supporting wife, and a father of two lovely kids. Uh, you know, my daughter, she's five years old, and um, my son, uh, he's three years old. And really, they are the ones who um, give all the perspective in life. Um, so that that pretty much rounds up. And anything more, I would, I'd be giving uh, out too much information. You know. <laughs> Well, you are the definition of someone who has his hands full, but is living life to the full and enjoying it. So I, uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm glad you see it that way. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've said this to you and uh, I'll say this again. I wish to grow up and become like you one of these days. Uh, yeah, that's the best compliment I've received so far. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's, let's see if we can keep it up. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's let's play a game. Okay. Sure. In one word. <laughs> in one word, underrated or overrated. Right? We'll talk about eight or ten different themes that uh, impact us as a community, and things that I'm personally interested in uh, learning from the best of the best. So, when you're ready, we'll we'll jump right in. No, no, fire away. All right. So let's talk about stock market prices. Yeah, overrated. DEI. Uh, overrated. Okay. Uh, cash. Underrated, for sure. Uh, stock market valuations. Yeah, overrated. <laughs> uh, the metaverse. Absolutely overrated. I'm still old school, so absolutely overrated. <laughs> uh, what about the great resignation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would put it as... Uh, Underrated. Okay. Inflation. Um, overrated. Okay. Uh, what about NFT? Overrated. Okay. Uh, let's see. Real estate. Uh, underrated. <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty much it. I thanks again for humoring me and playing along. That was fun. Well, hopefully, I did good, man. I think you passed. Okay. All right. That's all we need, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's 
let's bring this back to something more personal and, and more close to your heart. You do a lot of different things, right? Uh, how do I, I, I don't know, how do I frame this? Well, let's step back and say, what do you do for a living? And then follow that up with, why do all of this? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said, I'm, um, you know, involved in a few different ventures and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm managing my entrepreneurial ADD uh, pretty well so far, you know. Um, so, but yeah, and, you know, in everything that I, you know, all the different industries and ventures that I'm involved with, I think um, the one that I'm increasingly more and more getting involved is, um, you know, a company out of California. Uh, you know, we are into warehousing and fulfillment. We are third-party warehousing fulfillment company. Um, you know, we, we do all types of uh, fulfillment and distribution. So, um, you know, I would say that's what is kind of uh, consuming most of my time right now, and as well as some some of the other e-commerce. Uh, ventures, uh, new ones, uh, you know, their brands and businesses uh, in different verticals that, that I'm involved with. And uh, to answer your second question, why do this now? Um, I would say, you know, like, again, you know, going back to uh, saying, you know, I'm, I'm more opportunistic, you know, and then um, more of a value seeker. So, I always look for extracting any untapped value in the ventures that I get involved with. But really for this particular uh, business warehousing and fulfillment or e-commerce, um, that's a, for two main reasons, right? Like number one is, um, you know, the, the world has changed and is changing, uh, you know, in, in the way that people shop, uh, people get uh, everything um, or consume everything, right? So. We, we pretty much live in Amazon's uh, world of convenience where in few clicks, you know, um, like if you're in business and if you're not matching that uh, level of service in terms of, you know, few clicks and then the, the, the product is there at your doorstep, you know, within maybe 24 to max 48 hours. Like if you're not able to do that as a business, don't even try, you know, like, I mean, the consumers have been spoiled and then you just have to match with that Amazon's way of life, right? So, um, now, all the companies, you know, uh, I would say mostly product-based companies, um, you know, they, um, they must have that uh, omni-channel, uh, you know, presence in terms of uh, selling wherever their, their customers are. And that customers are pretty much everywhere, right? I mean, from physical to going on the digital world, you know, they're in all different channels, right? So, um, you know, once you sell, then really is the task of fulfilling the product. Right, so um, that's where we come in, you know, and, and, and that's what excites me is, um, you know, companies who are really good at, great at coming up with, you know, developing brands, good at selling, but then they suck at uh, really when it comes to fulfillment or the operation side, right? So you, you have to focus on your core competency as a company or a brand. And you want, you want to leave all the, the unsexy, uh, you know, the, the dirty work for people who do that day in, day out, right? The warehousing and fulfillment companies, there, there are a ton of companies out there who do that. And, um, you know, uh, that's what, uh, it, you know, like you, you leave it to the ex experts and that's where we come in and we, we help companies grow and, you know, take that day-to-day -day kind of dirty work, you know? So 
that's that's number one. Um, you know, out of the two main reasons in terms of doing that. And the, the second, I would say, is you know, most companies, like all the global companies as well. Uh, you know, after experiencing firsthand, you know, in, in this global, uh, the whole globalized economy, and then uh, this whole time it was all about globalization, globalization. You know, like uh, act. Uh, local thing, global uh, yeah. kind of thing. And then the whole just-in-time inventory model as well, right? I mean, they, all the big companies, they experience firsthand what happens when the supply chain stops, you know? Like you can't really summon upon the inventory halfway across the world, <clears throat> you know, to your warehouse or at least to the stores. So, you know, and that has really changed uh, how companies operate, right? Um, you know, they... Now more and more companies, it could be anyone, right? You know, from raw material providers, semi-finished goods to finished goods, like they uh, want their inventory a closer uh, to their customer, and b, um, you know, they 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 pretty much um, you know want it you know on on time and really like to to have a buffer, um, you know, so that, that if there are any interruptions in the supply chain, they have enough to uh, you know, kind of make it through. Until that is solved, so you know that's that's a world that we live in. You know, it's more getting more and more digital, as well as you can't really take away, um, you know, the, the physical aspect of uh, the nature of the businesses or the products itself, unless everything goes NFTs. You know, then uh, you know, like even the food. Yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll take you know, In and Out burgers NFT instead of the actual In and Out, right? <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's not going to, that's not happening. You and me, we both know, you know, unless you're in metaverse, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. If Mark Zuckerberg has his, has his way, maybe we would be. But until then, um, I guess warehousing and fulfillment companies, um, you know, they would, you know, uh, continue to provide a lot of values in terms of that storage space, fulfillment, and, you know, helping that distribution for this. I agree. And, you know, a couple of things that stood out to me. One, it's it's almost like when you ask a parent who's your favorite child, and you know they shy away from answering that. But oh, my dad won't. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so you're you're pretty clear about you know this warehousing and the third party logistics is your favorite child. So that's good to know. The other thing that stuck out to me is you said consumers and convenience, right? And and we got a stick to that. And if you're not able to provide that, don't even bother jumping into business. And then third thing is you got to understand what your core business is and just stick to that. You call it dirty work, but I think that's really exciting. And you know that's the, the difference between whether you can make it or not, right? So the efficiencies, the, the ability to go in and really fine tune those operations, which is what you're, you guys are really good at that, right? And that's why you're able to provide that value to your customers, not only take away that pain from them, but then turn that around and, and extremely kind of be focused on driving those efficiencies to scale. So I really love that about this uh, business that you've really scaled from nothing to making it a really large, uh, uh, you know, efficient, organization. So kudos to you on that. Thank you. And I think there's a lot more work to be done uh, in, from mm-hmm. the efficiencies point of view. Um, you know, and, and same, you know, I mean, we have, we have 
we did ride the wave of the whole e-commerce and you know the, the whole warehousing uh, sort of boom as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the companies grow, and that's the thing, right? I mean, our customers uh, they they like to focus, uh, you know, on what they do, and if they do well, then in a way we do well. There's a lot more work for us. True, and you know, one other thing that this pandemic really brought out, at least you've experienced it firsthand, is as we stop moving as individuals, the importance of these physical goods. Right? So we personally went virtual. And at the same time, the importance of these physical goods was never more important. Right? And right. That, that dichotomy uh, of, you know, you, you brought it up in a, in a just-in-time inventory perspective, but this rush we had where, you know, aisles and shelves were empty and things weren't getting stocked up, cars not getting delivered. It was, it was very interesting where all of this logistics work that happens in the background came to the forefront and was a living room discussion. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking about retail shelves and such, um, you know, I, I really thought uh, that, you know, that the toilet paper was going to be the new currency. Or yes. <laughs> The way well, that everyone was going after it. Yeah, it almost was. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, there is, there is a lot that happens, right? It's, it's very dynamic. It's very uh, resource intensive as a business. What is the biggest challenge you, you face as a business that is helping other businesses thrive? Sure. Um, yeah, and I'll... I'll you know, answer this in, in all the businesses that I'm involved with, sure. not just this particular, yeah. uh, particular one. Uh, I think the, the challenge is, right, in, uh, at least in today's world, mm -hmm. uh, that, that what we face, and it's pretty similar to, you know, what the next business is facing is obviously the labor, you know, shortage, sure. uh, which again, you know, it's very ubiquitous, um, and it's, it's kind of widely used, loosely used, Use term as well in terms of oh, labor shortage, labor shortage. But then, you know, it, it, it's about you know getting the labor, um, you know, providing, uh, you know, keeping your workers safe as well at the same time. Which now, you know, that's an added uh, burden for the business. You know, um, you know, obviously giving them, it, it's not, it's not even, you know, five years or ten years ago where you know the culture of the company, everything was there, you know, it was mentioned, but it was more mentioned for bigger companies, right? I mean, 1,500, uh, you know, people company or 1,000 uh, employee company and, you know, but the, the culture was really for like those type of companies, but now it's even for you, if you've got like five people, small business, you know, you, you've gotta have the same sort of, you know, uh, working environment and uh, just because not that's, that's what is being discussed. Everywhere, you know, so um, it's it's not just that notion for the boardrooms and HR rooms and everything, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, in today's world. So you know, that's one of the, the the challenges as well in terms of how you keep up with that, um, you know, at at your organization. And then obviously the inflation, uh, you know, that we are talking about, which is increased cost. But I, I remember I did say it's underrated, uh, you know. But end of the day, you know, once the the cost and companies are good at passing down the cost, right? So, and it's a whole uh, circle as well, you know? I mean, um, you know, people do get paid more 
you know, and then they're going to be able to afford a little bit more. And then companies, they pass on that cost of the product, you know, down the supply chain to the, so it, it's a full circle at the end of the day. Um, and then, um, you know, so obviously increased costs and really like at the same time as a company business, whatever you're doing, you got to keep growing without breaking apart, you know? So, um, you know, that, that's just um, some of the things I, I would say, you know, like as, as challenges that we face on this day. I'm sure that keeps you excited and uh, motivated and inspired, right? Yeah. And so do the opportunities. So let's, let's talk about those. Sure, yeah. Um, I think the, the opportunities, like, you know, I'm working on a few of them, but um, some, of, some of the ones that I, I get excited is, is the e-commerce ones, you know, that, that I'm currently working on, on a few different industries, you know, um, because I, and, and the reason I, I, I'm excited about those is even though, you know, when you, when you, you know, put, when you say the word e-commerce, the first something that comes to your mind is Amazon, right? And in terms of like what they have done, uh, you know, from retail perspective, right? So even with the Amazon's massive success, you know, there's still a lot of untapped opportunities. You know, there's, there's massive scope for, uh, you know, bringing efficiencies, uh, you know, bringing scale, um, you know, uh, to like the smaller businesses, bringing uh, improvements. And then there's a lot of, room for differentiation in terms of how you sell the products, how you manage the products. Right now, everyone's still kind of, I wouldn't say, yeah, maybe 2.0, but we, we are, you know, um, we, we are still, um, there's a lot of 3.0, 4.0s that are left uh, in this game, you know, where, um, you know, inventories could be really managed create, creatively as well, you know, um, I mean, uh, I would say one example, let's say, you know, as, as a big company, big brand, right? I mean, uh, up until now, you know, you're going after the Walmarts and Targets, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, any health, let's say beauty company, right? I mean, you, you have your brand, you have, as a, as a company, you do, uh, you know, have certain X number of inventory, and then you send it out and you reserve it for XYZ retailer and so on and so on. And then you are fighting for the same limited shelf space, True. you know, out there. Mm -hmm. So... You know, now with the whole e-commerce, you could still have that one set of inventory, you know, which uh, exactly in, in your centralized or at least strategic locations in the country, mm -hmm. and then have so many other uh, of your, you know, e-commerce distributors just have that. And online, it's, you know, infinite uh, shelf space, you know, there's, there's no... Um, you know, end to that. So, you know, you could get really creative in terms of getting your product in front of who's looking for. And then another thing I like about e-commerce is that, okay, you know, when, when a consumer goes to, you know, Target or Walmart or a beauty supply store, right? I mean, you're looking at a brand and all you are going to base your decision is, is based upon the packaging, right? And what it says on the packaging, whereas online it becomes um you know a lot of content driven you know there's there, there are influencers there's you know blogs and such and there's so much more that you could you know have uh, around that product and very relevant content around the product that makes uh you know that helps make helps the consumer make the right decision you know if it's really for that or not you know true so, you can you can actually yeah. personalize that you can one yeah. might say that you know there's too much information right. but then the good thing with 
with e-commerce and where it's headed is it also allows you to, it's smart enough to now start learning what your preferences are. Right. And at the same time, you can filter a lot of the things out. So you don't have don't to deal have with a whole lot of noise that you can get overwhelmed with when you're walking into a store and you see a hundred choices for the same product. Yep, yep, no, absolutely. And look, you know, the physical stores are still, you know, going to be there. This is more, you know, complimenting. I think we talked about it in the past as well, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's something like, um, you know, back in the day when, um, you know, Twitter and, you know, everything else was coming out. Facebook, when Facebook was new, as the, the marketing people were like, all right, we need to have a social media strategy, you know, but now it's not even a social media strategy. It's your marketing strategy, you know, like that's, that's by default, it's that, yeah. you know. True. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a choice anymore. It's just stable state. Right. If you're yeah. playing this game, you got to have these tools. Right, right. Before it used to be like, all right, you know, TV ads, so we're going to focus on that and, uh, you know, a bunch of interns kind of focusing on um, the rest <laughs> of the social media, which is, you know, not, not the case. It's completely <laughs> the other way, you know, it's like your YouTube strategy is probably the number one in terms of yeah. ads and putting out content, right? So, um, you know, world world's changing and uh, you're living in a different world and it's still, um, you know, a long way to go. So as we look forward, let's look a little back in the rear view mirror. You've been doing this a while and, you know, you've been generally doing a lot of things for, for some time. What are, I'm, I'm curious to, you know, hear more about one, uh, an example where things didn't play out the way you had wished or expected, and it became a lesson. And on the other end, I would love to hear you brag a little bit, which you don't do uh, at all, uh, about a success story that played out as you had expected and, and blew out your expectations. I, I don't know, man, that's, uh, you know, that, that's again, uh, you asked me to, you know, take that, uh, favorite child kind of thing. But again, yeah, I mean, um, something, you know, learn from learning standpoint, I've, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, you, you learn on daily basis and everything that you have done. Um, I mean, to kind of summarize, you know, in terms of what, what has been learned, I would say that nothing is constant, you know, like, um, you know, like success, that's not constant and failure, that's not constant, right? So, and it's just about embracing, um, you know, the fact that if something can go wrong, it will go wrong, you know, so that shouldn't, shouldn't stop you, you know. Um, another thing, interestingly, you know, I, and again, that could be specific to me, uh, you know, me over here, but, and this could be a little bit of uh, a little nugget for other business owners as well is, you know, I, I used to sort of overmanage, you know, everything that, that I was doing, you know, and I, I don't know, I, I read, somewhere or saw a video somewhere where someone was like, um, you know, just try not to manage. It was like, do less, like, honestly, do less stuff and see how well things go, you know? I was like, how can, how can that be, man? I, I was like, I don't have enough hours in the day, you know, like, and I was like, let's try it out, you know? And, and you know, surprisingly, it really worked. Like, I would say, you know, people should give, it, give that a try by not managing, I think you'll be managing a whole lot better, you know, when, um, and it, let go and, and be less of a control freak. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And that that has worked, and that has actually worked in my favor. In um, you know, in terms of doing different things and more things, you know, like if you're managing less, 
if that's working out, then you, know, you have more time to do more, which wasn't, wasn't the idea in the first place to, you know, <laughs> uh, not do it. Like, hey, man, just not, don't do enough stuff, you know, during the day. But I guess um, that has worked out in, in terms of helping me, uh, you know, manage a little bit more when it comes to it. Okay. That's yeah. always something. Yeah. Well, let's come to the favorite part of the show for me, at least, which is the one-line life lessons. These are short, but extremely profound, and I find them to be often life-changing. And we would love to hear some of your one-line life lessons. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm a big fan of those, to be quite honest. And every time I uh, come across uh, good ones, I actually jot it down, you know. Um, and, you know, I mean, you, you read it, and then, you know, it's very profounding at that moment. And then, you know, like, after a while, you're going to forget about it, but it's good to kind of go back and keep, you know, it's going to keep reminding you about, um, you know, like, you know, it's one of those black diaries that you have and you're going to pass it down to your kids or someone and say, hey, you know, this, this is what I've accumulated over the period of, you know, decades and maybe this will help you out if they, you know, if they don't turn it into NFT. Or <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think that's, that's going to happen and we're going to remain at least for a while now the uncool, weird parents that right, right, was exactly. listening to. But I, I love how you mentioned it as a black diary, right? As, as a black book. And it, it is my cheat sheet, right? It right, is right. because as entrepreneurs, we have those down days and you need something that's not an inspiring quote, but something that you can really act on, right? That's something right. that brings you back to, hey, got to get up, right? Right. Entrepreneurship is going to put you down. All you do is get up, start walking again. So, right. Right. No, absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, some, some of the ones that, I mean, there are uh, quite a few, but some of the ones that come to my mind, um, you know, at least that I, I kind of put together was, you know, in, in life or business, it's, it's nice to be important, but it's very important to be nice. And that's very underrated, you know. Uh, I think I, I read it um, in a lot of places, you know. And again, all these liners, I'm, I'm sorry, I. I'm not good at giving credits in terms of who said that or not, but uh, again, they're not mine. I'll tell you that. Ravi, that's the whole point, right? We There is a reason why we don't do attributions because who cares who said it, right? It's about who adopted it. If something makes a difference to you and if you said it and it makes a difference to somebody else, as long as you don't make them your own, I personally don't care who said it. I mean, right. all due respect, right? I'm not trying to say that this is mine now, but it is. So, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about like, even though it doesn't matter who said, right. I mean, mm -hmm. like you said, I, I think it's more about who's, who's actually using it, you know, end of the day. Yeah. and that's what makes it more true, you know? So yeah, that was one of them. Um, I say, you know, being an entrepreneur, you, you go through this a lot as well as pain, you know, and pain is inevitable. But the one thing is that suffering is optional. You know, it's really up to you if you want to suffer. And, and it's not just for business too, right? I mean, in, in terms of life as well, like, you know, it gives you a lot of things. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's inevitable, you know, it's just, um, you know, that's just how this world or the life or the universe kind of works. It's just ingrained, but then it's up to you how you want to react to it. And so pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. So that's the second one. Um, let's say, third one is, um, you know, this, this, 
keeps me real as well in life is, um, you know, you must not fool yourself because you're the easiest to fool. You know, <laughs> yourself, you know? so I, I like that, um, you know, a lot because, uh, you know, you could, you know, I mean, if you think about it, you, you could convince yourself to anything, you know, um, so just, just don't fool yourself, you know, those things. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just from another business side, I, I think ideas are the easy part. And that's what I feel like I, you know, come up with an idea and everything, but really the execution uh, is what matters. You yep. know? That's uh, the money. Yeah, and, and then I, I, so, okay. I said, you figured out the execution for sure. No, no, I, I don't think that is a long way to go. But I, I, I'll tell you on the ideas part, is every time I go, hey, uh, you know, to my wife, you know, like every time I get an idea, I, I try to run it by her. And I was like, hey, babe, so I have this idea. And there's, oh my God, no, not a new one. <laughs> you know, she knows that this is going to be the beginning of something where this is going to consume me or whatnot. And she, she keeps me real, you know, in check uh, when it comes to like, no, focus. Like focus is needed as well. You know, like, what Apple and you know what Tim Cook and those guys have said is that they've been, or I don't know if you're Steve Jobs or not, but um, like they've been proud, like they're proud of what they have done, but then they are also more proud of what they have not done, you know, uh, is what has helped them propel to such mammoth of a, you know, I don't even have the word to describe <laughs> what that company is right now, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, those are some of the ones. Yeah. It reminded me of that uh, incident you told me about buying how many? A few hundred domains? That oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, you know, I, I, read, I read this from that How I Met Your Mother, like nothing good happens after running. So don't, <laughs> you know, don't do anything after, you know, one. Yeah. Hey, that's another lesson right there. Right, exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> those are awesome, Ravi. Thanks again for sharing those. For our audience, we have an entire collection at onelinelifelessons.com. And anywhere you socialize digitally, uh, we have them out there. Ravi, thanks again for sharing those lessons. It just confirmed my belief that I said at the beginning of this discussion, which is I want to grow up to be like you one day. Thanks again. And uh, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Would love to bring you back on, talk about more of these journeys and more about your journey and, and the different stories and see where your entrepreneurial uh, ADD takes you. And uh, you know, congrats again for what you have accomplished and continued success and good luck to you. No, thank you, thank you. And thank you, I'd, I'd also like to thank, you know, obviously my family as well as, you know, all my, you know, uh, the teammates and business partners in all the ventures, you know, I mean, I can't do it by myself. I, I don't take any of that credit. But, um, you, know, you know, it's it's all part of the team working. So, of course. Uh, but thank you for having me on the show. It's always a delight. Thanks, Ravi. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks.